Today's scripture reading is from Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 21 to 26. But first, let us pray together a prayer of illumination during a week and a time that is very difficult. Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, that we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. Yet this call, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I'll wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Good morning. I do invite you to uh, take advantage of the tour next uh, Sunday of the new facility following church from 1230 to 130. Uh, Iron have representatives on site. Um, we would suggest you wear good boots, something a little harder than maybe running shoes, something with some body to them. Uh, if it's raining, it, we probably won't be able to do this. So if, if the weather isn't conducive, that'll affect whether or not we're able to do it. But otherwise, 1230 to 130, and uh, you will notice in your bulletin that we're a little over 520,000 toward our goal of 750,000, and I commend you again for your faithfulness. Some of us giving month by month, some of us perhaps year-end, and a good reminder, year-end is coming. And uh, we have a little over a year and a half to complete these commitments and these pledges, and uh, thank you for all that you are doing uh, in your support of the capital campaign for this new church building. I think it's great. Do congratulate Stu on uh, his, Pastor Stu on his achieving of this master's degree, and uh, so he's gone, and Pastor Ryan's gone, so I'm I'm left uh, for this morning. Shall we call uh, Shall we call this a fill-in? I'm filling in. I did hear of a fill-in one time, small country church. They suggested to him now going to go to such and such a farm prior to the service because that's key family in the church, and they'll take you to the church. So he did it. He found the farm. This fellow, single guy, and he came in, and the mom said, sit down, we're just about to have breakfast. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't eat before I preach. I just, uh, you know, I I just, I'm too nervous. It's too difficult. I I just find I can't preach very well if I eat a, a big breakfast. They had a huge breakfast. After church... He was greeting the people. This mom came by, this farmer's mom, uh, wife, and, and uh, he was all smiles to her. And she leaned in and she said, you might as well have eaten. <laughs> Sometimes the, tr- the, the truth hurts. But I am pleased to be here this morning and with you. And thank you for being here on Thanksgiving Sunday. It is on Thanksgiving Sunday every year that we take a moment and pause and give thanks to God for his abundance in our lives. I think we do it too early in Canada. 
too close to summer. I think the Americans do it too late, too close to Christmas. Somewhere right in between is what I would go for, but nobody listens. So here we are on Thanksgiving Sunday, this Sunday in, in, uh, in October each year. In a sense, every Sunday is Thanksgiving Sunday for those of us who are followers after God. I understand that. But especially today, we pause and we give thanks. We are a blessed people. We have abundance that we know not of, that we sometimes don't take time to recognize. We know and fellowship with Creator, Sustainer, God. Creator all things, who from the beginning created from nothing. How is that possible? We do not know. We know him intimately through his son Jesus, who sustains our world as it is. In Colossians we read and understand that it is through Christ that all things are, ever ever are, and ever will be. And we fellowship with his Holy Spirit. We belong to his kingdom. We know what it means to fellowship with triune God. And we know what it means to cooperate with God in seeing his will and purposes fulfilled in our world. Maybe in just a small way, but for us perhaps a significant way. We do know what it is to cooperate with God in the fulfillment of his kingdom. The psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy and his love endures forever. The prophet Jeremiah speaks to us about this issue in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn. It's kind of halfway through Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. There you are. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, on, on the surface of things, Jeremiah wasn't one who had a whole lot to be thankful for. He has been called the weeping prophet. Back in the Older Testament, the revelation of God is given over and over and over again to his people to follow after him, to, to be his people in the society that they found themselves in. And the constant slipping away from, in fact, God's laws and its precepts and his understandings. And so a, a number of prophets were called up by God to fulfill a role of calling the people of God back to the basics of being the people of God. Jeremiah was called to represent God to the people of God, to remind them of God's love and his gracious purpose and the consequences of not following after him and following after his laws. Dr. Quantz read the scripture this morning from Psalm 19, where the psalmist <clears throat> summarizes over and over again how much he appreciates the precepts and the, the laws and the understandings and the, the various laws of God and how helpful they are and would be if they indeed were followed after. And the prophets were God's people who played a significant role in calling the people of God time and again back to the basics. The experiences that Jeremiah went through in the 40 years of his 
prophetic ministry in the southern kingdom leading up to the Babylonian capture of the people of God and the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. and the very painful days which followed, which included the exile of his countrymen and, 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 and the, the, the uh, whole um, issue of not having a place that would be their own. It hammered out a man who speaks to us about lifestyle thanksgiving. Lamentations 3 charts Jeremiah's condition and then his testimony of praise and thanksgiving to God. The book of Lamentations is a lament. It's a very personal lament that things aren't going so well. Hello, I'm here and it didn't work out for me the way I thought it would or should, which is another example again of the scriptures not being somewhere in the clouds, but in fact being for all of us very personal and we understand them. And Lamentations 3 charts Jeremiah's condition and then his testimony of praise and thanksgiving to God. The book of Lamentations was written after the destruction of Jerusalem, the beginning of the exile, and the ancient manuscripts have a heading which explains the title and content of the books, of the book. And this is what it says. And it came to pass after Israel was led into captivity and Jerusalem was laid waste that Jeremiah sat weeping and lamented with this lamentation over Jerusalem. Listen to his lament from uh, from Lamentations chapter 3. He says, I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again, all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out, uh, call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked, like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me a target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. He, I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I have hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering and bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Oh dear. Oh, that sounds awful, doesn't it? 
I mean, it's about as bad as, as you could get. <clears throat> Truth be told, sometimes we feel this way. <laughs> Maybe not to this degree, but sometimes very much to this degree. Unfulfilled dreams, <laughs> rejection, misunderstanding from the very people that he tried to help. These are folks he gave his life for, alone, misunderstood, and forsaken. We feel this way. Sometimes it's a result of broken relationships. Sometimes it's because of broken dreams. Sometimes health problems. Sometimes we've lost our way. It's heartache, and it's pain, and it's suffering. And the truth of the matter is, it's life. It's the way it is. And if you think you're unique, well, I have news for you this morning. You're not all that unique. We all feel this way, sometimes at various times, perhaps even this morning. What a mess. And then the pivotal, verse 21, yet. Yet. I'm just here to tell you this morning, get will do it for you. It'll help you. Yet, the prophet emerges from his dark night of despair and depression, looking at the circumstances of his life with three great convictions. He says, yet, yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to the Lord, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Yes, things haven't gone necessarily the way we would want. Yet, three great convictions this morning. The first is this. Based on the love of God, based on his love, we are not consumed. We know God. We have a firm foundation in our God. It is because of the Lord's love and grace that we are not consumed, no matter what the circumstances of our lives or the world that we live in. We live in a consumer society. Problem is, it's sometimes that we get consumed as we live in this society. Who of us have not been um, feeling, well, certainly shock and anger at what went on in Las Vegas? But beyond that, uh, a sense of helplessness that this could even be going on all around us, and we may not even see it coming. We live in this kind of age when news constantly tells us and convinces us of how much trouble we really are in. News used to be a long way away. It came by newspaper two weeks later. Now what happens anywhere, at any time, is brought to us live, and it's always sensational. 
And you get the idea that turmoil is the standard for people. You get the idea that restlessness and hopelessness is the way we have to live. When in fact, we give thanks this morning for the love of our God toward us. And even if the wrong around us seems so strong, he is the father yet. He is the ruler yet, the writer of the hymn says. Jeremiah was gripped with the realization that God's judgment for his people had been coupled with a possibility of a a new beginning. An exile for the people was actually better than they deserved. They had totally rejected God's ways. And as a prophet, he had stood amongst them for 40 years saying back to God, back to his laws, back to his precepts, back to his understandings. And you hear his lament what they did to him. God was not finished, however, with the people of God or his chosen prophet. I think one of the truly significant responsibilities of a pastor these days in the church is to be a prophet. Those of us, all of us, who live in an age of abundance and of turmoil and of possibility and of messaging that comes our way 24-7 to where we never quite know how to handle all of it, for someone to stand up again and again and call us back to the basics of what it means to be a follower of God. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil. I give you a future and a hope. God has plans for you and me, for our lives, for our church. What Jeremiah thought was the end was really a semicolon in preparation for a new beginning. Because of God's love, all because of his purposes, God has a plan and he has a purpose. When we feel that hope is gone and that we have reached the end of our resources, it's really then that his Loving and grace is only just beginning. Secondly, Jeremiah remembered the compassions of the Lord. For he thought to himself, God's compassions never fail. God's love, his grace toward us, it never fails. Expressed in his forgiveness and his Willingness to over and over and over and over again work with us in making sense of our lives and our faith wherever that faith might be so that, in fact, we are finding our way to him. God forgives. God forgives. What he said to Joshua, he says to us, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. I am for 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 you. We are thankful today for the fact that God is 
on our side. And, and if God is for us, then who can be against us? Seriously, who then can be against us? And we know so much more of God's compassions than Jeremiah had. He lived the other side of Christ and all of Christ's example to us. We look back at the cross and the resurrection of Christ our Savior and Pentecost where the Holy Spirit was unleashed on the church into our lives so that we might have and enjoy fellowship with God. The cross and an empty tomb remind us that the worst can be used by God for the very best. Christ defeated the power of sin on the cross and on death on Easter morning and today on Thanksgiving morning. We are thankful for the living hope and the compassions of our Lord. They are new every morning. As a pastor, I uh, sometimes would counsel people who said, I, I feel like my Christian experience is so kind of up and down, up one day and down the next, and I'm not sure I need a little bit of steadiness. And <clears throat> I, I found three verses in First Peter chapter 1 that became for me and for many a rock of faith in a turbulent world. And I encourage people to memorize these three verses and use them over and over and over again to remind themselves who in fact they are or were in Christ. First Peter 1, 3 to 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for me, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Yes, indeed, this world chews us up, but God's compassions, <laughs> they never fail. And the third revelation that he gave us in this portion of his lament, after the pivotal yet is God is faithful. We probably could take time and all of us give testimony one way or another of God's faithfulness to us. Hope is reborn daily, momentarily, in each new challenge and crisis. God is faithful. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning from thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And verse 25 and 26 kind of sum it up for us, don't they? The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Whatever life gives us, whatever life takes away from us, can be and is a blessing if we place our trust 
and our confidence in Almighty God. Our trust and confidence in our Heavenly Father. Because of his love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. He indeed is faithful. Father God, on this Thanksgiving Sunday, we are so very grateful for a reminder from someone who has been to the depths of despair and despondency. I thank you for your work in our lives. Where we are, who we are, no matter what the circumstance of life we are in, you are faithful. Your compassions, they never, never let us down. They're new every morning. I thank you for the opportunity to set aside a day to be a thankful people. Help us from the midst of our life situation to be thankful for all you are, who you are, and what you have done in our lives and the lives of the people we love. In your name we pray. Amen. Now I'll be giving a prayer for the people. God clothes the grass of the field and feeds the birds of the air. On behalf of the church and the world, we offer our prayers more from our need to be transformed by our awareness of them than from any need of God to be reminded of them. We lift our prayer to the world. We think of the United States, of Las Vegas, and we ask that the Lord would bring peace when there is fear and love when there is hate. We think of our Canadian brothers and sisters in the north in Edmonton, who as well have suffered an attack. We think of our current world as tensions rise around the globe and hate seems to be ever more present. Be the light, Jesus. Show them your power. We turn the we turn our prayers to our nation. For our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, for our Premier, Rachel Notley, and for all the authorities, let us pray to the Lord. For those whose voices have been lost by time or oppression, Lord, give them hope. For the aged, widowed, orphans, for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. For our city, Calgary, for the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for the prisoners and the captives, and for all those who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. We pray for our church, Skyview Community, for the community we are beginning to plant our roots into. Give us open eyes and ears to listen to them and discern how to respond. Let us pray to the Lord. For our pastor, and his wife through fan, for the children Lauren, Luke, and Alana. Be present in their home, at their work, in their classrooms, in their lives. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who are seeking God or a deeper knowledge of him, let us pray to the Lord. Free us from any fear and worry, that trusting in your goodness, we may always praise your mighty deeds and give thanks for the bounty of your gifts. Wash away the hate with love, Lord. We pray in your mighty, powerful name, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Amen.